I think if you have to keep it fun. I mean, if you want to do it for the rest of your life and be an athlete, even when you're 90, which you can absolutely be, you have to just keep mixing it up. And um, I know that everyone doesn't believe in my philosophy and that's okay. Welcome to the Spartan Endurance Series on Spartan Up Podcast with host Johnny Waite. Hey Spartans, thanks for tuning in to these endurance episodes. This next one is all about how to keep it fresh, how to make sure that you're not burning out, you're not grinding yourself into the ground, you're, you're still approaching it with joy. Lisa Batchin-Smith, who has done some of the hardest races on the planet, she's a great coach, a great race director, and she talks about what she does to make sure that she keeps having fun, that she's enjoying it, that she's leaning into it, even the hardest stuff of all for all the right reasons, and you're gonna wanna be there because you will benefit from this conversation. This episode of Spartan Up is brought to you by Honey Stinger, made with organic honey and delicious ingredients. Use the code HSSPARTAN2020 at HoneyStinger.com to save 30% off. Hey, Spartans, we're back with Lisa Batchin-Smith. Lisa spoke to us recently about ultra-extreme races in ultra-extreme temperatures. She's run the Badwater Quad, which was, uh, the Badwater is one of the hardest races in the world. It's in Death Valley uh, in the dead of summer. Temperatures get up to 130 degrees. And that's before you factor in the black asphalt beating it back up at you. Lisa didn't just run the 135 miles. She tacked an extra 10 miles on the end to go to the top of Mount Whitney and then turned around around to the bottom, then turned around around to the top and then turned around around to the bottom. 596 miles-ish, if my math is any good at all, in the absolute dead of summer in the hottest place in the continental U.S. So this is what you knows about how to grind it out. Uh, Lisa, Last time we talked about how do you do an event like that in that kind of heat. But one thing that you alluded to that I want to dive back into is how do you keep your training fresh? Like when you're training for these incredibly difficult events, how do you stay healthy and fit and uninjured and able to, um, to, to, to maintain your enthusiasm? You know, I've always been really into cross training. I think staying joyful and really loving what you're doing, like waking up and being excited to go out and do what you're going to do. Obviously, if you're training to win bad water, that's going to be like very specific training and you're going to, you know, times are dropping like crazy and you need to get faster. You're going to have to do more running, of course. But, and if you're trying to do the Ram and, you know, win the Ram, you're going to need to spend a lot more time on the bike. So the way that I've always done it is to really mix up my training. You know, I love even the VersaClimb or rowing machine. I'm not really into like working out in the gyms, but sometimes if you have 15 minutes, it's worth it, right? I love to right out my front door. Right now it's winter time. I can snowshoe, cross-country ski, skate ski. I can walk in the deep snow with big boots on. I can pull my tire so, I mean, I can do anything to stay fit. One of you the, know, I have a snow- so I keep going. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Sorry. I have a snow bike. I mean, so there's endless things I can do, endless things that I can do to stay strong, to stay fit. But if I'm looking to go out and wanting to win a race or place in the top three, I have to get more specific, but I yeah. still don't want to mix it up and have some cross training to keep it fun and not get injured. Um, but the way that I've always done it is to just continually mix up sports. I even play tennis, you know, we do all these things to just try to love what I do and not get burnt out. Yeah, sure. 
I, I think of a couple of great examples of that that I've, I've uh, one that I've read about, which is Killian Jornet, who who really claims that he has never trained a day in his life because he's always been in the mountains. And, you know, if he's not climbing, he's skiing, if he's not skiing, he's hiking, if he's not hiking, he's running. And at the end of the day, it just makes him an incredible all-around athlete. Um, and then also uh, Ryan Atkins and Lindsay Webster, who are two Canadians who are two of the top Spartan racers in the world, who've made this their life. You know, that this, this is their profession now. And uh, they'll, they'll just go and whitewater kayak, and then they'll go uh, rock climb, and then they'll go run with their dog, and then they'll cross-country ski. And of course, like you say, when they're doing specific training for specific things, it's very dialed in and and um, and um, focused. But on an average day, there's a lot of fun activity thrown in there as well. Absolutely. I think if you have to keep it fun. I mean, if you want to do it for the rest of your life and be an athlete, even when you're 90, which you can absolutely be, you have to just keep mixing it up and um, I know that everyone doesn't believe in my philosophy and that's okay, but it's yeah. worked for me. You know, any injury that I've really ever had, you know, one from like an overuse, which I really, you know, learned that, ah, I can't just run. I need to do everything else. Yeah. I need to do everything else. And it really does keep you fresh and all around, you know, happy. It's like, well, if someone says, hey, let's go kayak. Yeah, let's sure. go do I mean, I kayak in the summer, I paddleboard. I mean, anything that keeps you physically active is going to keep you in shape. Absolutely. And, and also mentally in shape. The idea about uh, when somebody asks you if you want to do something and it's something you don't do, um, the opportunity to, to start um, firing up that brain again to learn something new is huge. It's huge. It's huge. And, you know, being consistent and being flexible and being open to you know, I love to go out with people that are, are slower, much slower than me, because I love the conversations and the things that I'm going to learn. So it's really just being about, you know, being open to being flexible. You know what I yep. mean? Like open to being flexible. I feel like I was such a rigid athlete for a lot of years, you know, train, 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 get up at the same time every day. You know, I appreciate athletes like that because I was one. And I coach those, but as I've gotten older, I've moved past that. Um, and I certainly um, respect, appreciate, and have athletes do that. But there's also a, an incredible way of moving it into a different place. And it really, it really ties in. You know, you came from an adventure racing background, or at least you've done a lot of adventure racing uh, a while back. And I come from sort of Joe's world of, um, you know. I'm just going to throw stuff at you and you keep doing it until you can't do it anymore. And, and I contrast that with, I have a lot of friends who are great triathletes and I admire their, their uh, talent and their technique and everything else. The one thing that's always sort of bewildered me about that culture is everything is so dialed in, you know, you, you get your bike dialed in and your run dialed in and your swim dialed in. And I've seen a lot of people in the middle of a race, if it isn't going well, they'll just stop because I'm not going to PR. I'm not going to win. I'm not going to do whatever. My race is done. And, and that isn't to besmirch uh, triathletes. There's amazing triathletes are all amazing. But in terms of when, when you go into a race that you expect, you know exactly what's going to happen. And this is what your split's going to be. And this is what your um, uh, performance is going to be. And it doesn't go that way. Really, there's so much opportunity in, in that for growth if you lean in and keep going. Absolutely. I mean, I can say that I've pulled out of races for those reasons because I know that there's one coming up 
I can another one I can do. So I mean, I don't I think that that's okay if it's, you know, if it's where you're at as an athlete, sure. if it's where you're at and you're, you know, you, how many fast marathons can you run? If you're training to try to qualify for something and at mile 16, you're way off pace, you know, you've got to make a decision. Do you slug it out and just, you know, finish or do you back down and walk away yep. from it learning and, you know, step up to another one because there's only so much you can do, right? Yep. Um, sure. I tell my athletes, you know, when there's a reason to pull out of things, I've had to pull out of things and really it's a tough thing to do, but yep. you don't pull out, Oh, I'm not feeling like doing it anymore. Maybe you do. Maybe you're worried about the family at home. Maybe your mind is just so not into it. Yeah. I call yeah, no, that, 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 that's a great, that's a great perspective, by the way, it, it, as, as I went down that road, I, I'm, I'm very glad you corrected me on that. Cause I, I, I shouldn't have called anyone, especially a, a group out for having ever stopped. That's, I, I, I'm glad you addressed that. Well, I mean, no, I, I did tons of triathlons, you know, I did Ironman eight times in Hawaii, you know, swim, bike, run, swim, bike, run, swim, bike, run. But for me, running was always cross-country skiing or doing anything. So, but we'll go back to like, I call it MTRC. If you have to pull out of something, you're not into it, your mind's not into it, you're worried about your kids at home, you're just you're feeling guilty that you've left. You know what I mean? Like there's all that that happens. Sure. I call it that MTRC made the right choice. Make sure. the, make the right choice. It's not a DNF. Yeah. Not like I did not finish. I suck. It's more like make a choice that's going to work for you. Yeah. And if I have an athlete that I'm working with and they call me in the middle of something and they're like, you know, I'm not feeling great. I'm thrown up. I feel like I should go home. You know, you say, sit out for a while, see how it's, see how it's going, see if you can recover. You know, you don't just make that decision right away. Um, but there are times you have to make that choice and you've got to walk away feeling good about it, not yeah. feeling like failure. So it's really make the right choice for you. Not yeah, no, that, that's great. And, and, and once you've made that choice, make sure that, that you're okay with it. I mean, because you've already yeah. made it, right? Um, yeah. I, I want to wake up and and feel like oh my god I should have would have could have should have would have could have I mean it's not a DNF I did not finish you made a choice to not continue yeah and you, I like that you will live to race another day I mean it's okay have you ever heard the expression in an overnight race to always make sure you talk to Bob before you quit <laughs> who's Bob the big orange ball oh that, yes <laughs> that at 5 30 in the morning when that big orange ball isn't up it seems like the end of the world and that I can't go another step. But if you just wait for that big orange ball to come up and give you that little bit of natural warmth and realize that, hey, I'm coming back into my diurnal cycle if I can get through today. And uh, that, that was a great expression of the death race was don't ever quit before you've talked to Bob. Yeah, that's very true. That's very, very true. Well, and in, in, in most of these endurance races, I mean, you're the clock is running, but you may have time to, you know, sit in an aid station and take a nap for and reevaluate how you're feeling and you know talk to your crew or talk to somebody or mostly just get within yourself and yeah. you know I always say like think of the people supporting you the sacrifices you've made the hard work you've put in you paid money to sign up yeah. for this you know 
So there's a lot of reasons to go within before you walk away. And yep. sometimes- which, which, which again, coming back to sort of uh, your, your theme on this and the idea of mixing it up and, and cross-training and, and, and doing all these things, there's an element of that in this as well. You know, if you get to where it's like, I can't just keep going, maybe do something else for a couple of minutes. Stop, uh, relax, stretch, eat, do whatever, mix it up, shift your perspective, and, and then look at it again, because maybe you'll find that it's actually not as bad as you thought it was, that you're enjoying it a bit more than, than you've given yourself credit for. Exactly. And even if you're not enjoying it, I mean, that's part of it. Yeah. That's part of it. I mean, you're going to be uncomfortable. You're going to be flat out miserable. Um, and then 20 minutes later, you might be happy again. So yeah. you really have to learn to give yourself time, the opportunity to recover and move through it and not, you know, because your mind is going to feel different later, but yep. there are always reasons why we need to not continue. And most of them usually are health reasons, you know, sure. brain and ankle sure. broke, foot. you're you know, something happens like you, you really, I'm not like an into it anymore of like, you keep going until you absolutely drop over. I mean, the, we, we shouldn't be telling our athletes to do that. Yep. No, that's great. Hey, um, I, I want to dive into a couple of specific things like you say about mixing up and keeping it interesting. Um, and this is one where, where you just went and went and went, and I'm sure it wasn't fun every minute. Um, a while <laughs> ago, you tied a tire to yourself and went out in the winter and ran a hundred miles pulling a tire. I did. How did you come up with that? And how did you get through that? I came up with it because I didn't know anybody else who had done it. And I wanted to do Arrowhead 100 and I wasn't able to go do it for reasons I don't even remember, but it was okay. So I, we were race directors of a hundred mile race from West Yellowstone to um, Idaho. And you go through three states. You're in Montana, Wyoming, and Idaho. So I decided to do the race course that we put on the 100-miler pulling the tire. And um, it was really hard. <laughs> it was really hard. Uh, it was hard. It was freezing. My family came out looking for me. It was so cold they couldn't find me. Um, I got pulled over by the police a few times, like going like, what is wrong? Are you okay? You know, um, and I did, I ended up coming home, getting picked up, coming home to defrost yep. because my phone froze, everything was frozen. So I came home after like 50 miles, Jay came and picked me up and like, you know, you, you're crazy. This is ridiculous. And I'm like, nope, I'm doing this. I got to do this. And I really wanted to do it. You know, I wanted to do it. It was, it was so hard that I wanted to see how hard, much harder it could get. Yeah. It really had gotten much harder. <laughs> it was so cold. It just, you know, so I feel like I did my arrowhead 135, even though it was only a hundred, but. Um, well, and I, I love that you described it uh, in our other conversation as a project when you did your bad water quad. You said, it's not a race, it's a project. And this is another example where it's a project. And when you, when you sign up for a race and then you feel like you have to do it and you go and you show up and that's great. But there's something even more amazing in my mind about saying I'm going to do this and doing it. And there's no reason that you have to do it. Like nobody told you to do it. Nobody's going to know if you even don't, unless you put it all over social media like we do nowadays. But um, 
But, you know, I, I love that idea. And it also means that if you need to come home and recharge your phone and, and defrost and mm-hmm. get right to go back out, you can do that. I mean, it's, it's part of that. the project, right? Absolutely. Yeah. It's part of the and project. Then, and, then, and then tell me about some of your, uh, I love when you said, you know, when you've got 15 minutes, you know, that's about the only time you'll be in a gym, you know, you'd rather be outside. But, but give me some examples of things when you've said, hey, I've got an afternoon or I've got a couple hours or I've got whatever. Here's something I'm going to do that's different than what I've done before. Just keep it interesting. Boy, oh boy, today, you know, today it's like no one's home. I have the house to myself. I could be like sitting by the fireplace and just getting cozy drinking tea. But I took my snowshoes out and did um, probably close to 12 miles so far. I'm planning to go back out after I talk to you. Um, just in meditation, meditation, yeah. lost a friend yesterday, lost, you know, somebody, and it, it's sort of just my way of being peaceful and going out and just creating my own way of bringing joy back to yourself. Yeah. You know, it doesn't have to be a specific workout in a certain amount of time or, you know, get this many calories. Sometimes you just go out there and you can be as miserable as you want. Yeah, you know, it's you know the way that I look at all of this is it's a journey of self-discovery. Every day you're discovering more about yourself, more and more and more. And when we discover more about ourselves in this journey of being an athlete or being whatever it might be—a mother, father, teacher—you know, whatever you are in your life, it's really putting yourselves through a little bit of challenge here and there creates even more for you. Yeah, It does. It, it really does. And I don't care what you do. It's not, you know, play the guitar, the piano, anything. It's such a passion to create your own joy. I, I'm not even going to try and summarize that. You just summarized it for me. You summarized everything for me. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. Um, I want to say, I'm sorry for your loss. You mentioned about losing a friend. Oh, and. Um, okay. Yeah. You know, it's part of it's part of life. It's part of life, but we do have to allow ourselves time, space, and energy to you know move forward in a in a good way. Um, yeah. And that's in many forms. That's why I love the mixing it up. Awesome. Hey, Lisa, I'm very glad that we've mixed this uh, conversation up uh, that we've got together. And uh, thank you so much. Um, anyone who, uh, who wants to know more about what you do, um, the coaching you do with athletes, um, find out about your exploits. Is there any way they can find out more information about you? We, I have a website, dreamchaserevents.com. Um, awesome. people always email me, go on Facebook page. I don't know, whatever. I love answering questions for people. You know, I love inspiring and helping people do, we can do anything. We yeah. can do we just really can. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. I, I see the sun just pounding into the window. Suddenly, the half of your face has gotten very bright. Go enjoy the rest of that day in your snowshoes, and thanks so much for your time. We love you, Lisa. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Endurance Series on Spartan Up Podcast. Spartan Up is your partner in resilience for mind, body, and spirit. We're here three days every week. Tuesdays, you can find Joe DeSena, founder and CEO of Spartan, interviewing biohackers, business leaders, authors, and athletes. Thursdays and Saturdays, catch episodes from our DECA, Endurance, Trail, Combat, and LaRuta series. Do you know someone who needs a little nudge? Maybe they could use some motivation, 
tactics to be stronger, healthier, happier, more successful? Tell them about our show. And if you're watching on YouTube, leave us a comment. We want to know who's watching and who's listening. Thanks. See you next time. This episode of Spartan Up is brought to you by Honey Stinger, made with organic honey and delicious ingredients. Use the code HSSPARTAN2020 at HoneyStinger.com to save 30% off.